0: Hello to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of Audio Podcast Land. Welcome to another episode of Red Harvest, a Deadlands Noir actual play podcast. I am your lovely Marshall for this amazing game, Mikey. You can follow me on my personal social medias at Pop Culture Geek. You can also follow us collectively at D and Vibe Tri Productions. Make sure to give us a like and follow to stay up to date on all the actual play podcasts and pop culture podcasts we got going on over here. It's a great time and there's something for everyone. As always, tonight I am joined by my amazing cast of players. Without them, none of this would be possible. So we're going to go around, do some introductions. They're going to tell you, the listening audience, a little bit about themselves, where you can find them, and who they will be playing tonight. So. We're going to go in reverse order this time. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Joshua, you're going to be the first to go.
1: Oh, boy, I'm first this time. Um, anyways, uh, everyone, thank you for joining. I'm Josh. Uh, you can also follow me on TikTok at MG mgpreacher. Um, I'm just going to get right to it. I'm going to be playing uh, Chris Remington, a New Orleans private eye.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And continuing in reverse order, the next person to get their introduction is Tanner.
2: Hey everybody, I am Tanner, also known as Squatch. You can find me over on TikTok by that handle. You can also find me on Secrets of or you can find me over at uh, the Cantrip Cast, Twitch, and YouTube for Secrets of Alteran. if you're familiar with the Cantrip Cast at all, and familiar with their works, I am also uh, part of their writing team for Benji's Guide to Rentucky Island, and I created the magic items for that book. Or a majority of them, rather. And I'm also gonna be a part of another project that's gonna be uh, streamed on, or aired on YouTube. And as soon as I find out the, what's gonna be the official name for that project, I will let you guys know and what the schedule is for it. I will let you know then.
0: Sweet. And of course, keeping this introduction train a- rolling is going to be Jace.
3: Great, are yawning. How's it going, everybody? I'm Jace or JC Vanguard. You can find me on TikTok. Tock. Um, tonight, I'm going to be playing our grifter friend, Miles Dibro.
0: Awesome. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, the one and only Kilt.
1: Good evening or time of day to those who are listening. I, of course, as we just mentioned, and Kiltman42. I would be playing Barry the Goblin, our bootlegger, or fancy family man extraordinaire, and that's it. (laughs) Excellent.
0: Alrighty, so with those introductions out of the way, let's jump into this episode proper. Last time on Red Harvest. We had a little bit of some personal epilogues from the previous case where we got to get a glimpse of the goings-on of the everyday lives of our four investigators. Some had more restful sleeps than others, but each of them got to uh, an interesting piece of an overall puzzle. Chris got to close the case with Mrs. Spinner as well as have a little conversation with his ghost buddy, Jax. Gary became aware of a pooch thief running around New Orleans, and his frenemy is the best way to put it. Uh, Mr. Smith came in and warned him with all that, as well as collect his payment from Adam Delphine. Hank had an interesting conversation with the Don and was given a warning about something sinister coming this way with the Black Hand, as well as an interesting announcement that the Don was going to retire and get the hell out of. dodge with think surprisingly gave Miles a warning about what's to come with the rest of the siblings that are still on the loose and we ended last episode with a call from Sardonyx asking the four of you to report to Coven HQ in order to be filled in that the next Deva has been located and that is where we're going to pick up so the four of you find your way after getting off the phone with Sardonyx she asks you guys to report back to the Devil's Playground for some odd reason and without any hesitation it is the middle of the afternoon so normally it would be closed but as the four of you reach the entryway you find the door is unlocked and you open and go inside where you make your way back to the back lounge area where you first met Sardonyx after she revealed herself to be the
1: witch that she
0: was and the four of you make your way to the back door of the lounge where it is the entry point to Coven HQ as you open the door once again a blinding light seeps through the open doorway so who's going in first this time
3: oh no, 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 no. Last time I went first, I got sick. Nope, nope, nope. You ain't making, nope, I ain't going through that door. I'll go, I'll go first. Oh.
1: <laughs> I'll say
0: that both of you say this and go forward at the exact same time that both of you kind of just get stuck in the front door. <laughs> and then <laughs> as you're trying to wiggle your way out, both of you just end up falling forward
1: at the same
2: time. Sucking your shoulders, Hank. Listen, okay, I was gonna go in first. Children! So, yeah, so after that,
0: Hank and Chris, both of you end up going in at the same time. Mm hmm. So, make your way through the door. Who's going next?
3: Grudgingly, Miles will go, oh, and walk through the door.
0: Oh, quit being a baby now. And then... That's I was going to say. As Antelok tells you, quit being a baby, Miles. You're a big boy. You got this. I believe in you.
3: I don't like the sickness.
0: Just get in there as you walk through the door. And of course, last but certainly not least, Gary, I'm assuming you go in last. (laughs) Alrighty. So, on the other side of. (laughs) Yeah, on the other side of this door, uh, Hank and Chris, you guys enter HQ at the same time, kind of stumbling forward. You don't fall on your faces like you did last time, but. Once again, you find yourself in Coven HQ with Miles and Gary following closely behind. And as the four of you kind of adjust your vision and take in the sight of once again the large abandoned Cathedral HQ that is the Coven, uh, one of the sisters kind of walks up to the four of you right this way, please. Uh, Sardonyx, would like to speak with you in the main hall. Be so kindly. I will lead the way, and don't get too lost. She kind of winks at the four of you, and then begins promptly walking, leading you towards
3: the main room. You hear that, Miles? Don't get lost. I'm coming, I'm coming. So, as
0: the four of you make your way through. HQ, you just see a bunch of female figures varying from young and old doing all sorts of things. Some of them are kind of cleaning HQ, others are looking to be doing some research with some books of some sort, others are practicing what seems to be magic of some sorts. There's a whole plethora of things going on, and as you guys Turn your attention back to your tour guide or if you find yourself in front of this large kind of white marble door on it you see a variety of images of basically the witches as well as all different depictions of different scenes of battles of them flying on the brooms all that good stuff And as this sister, so to speak, kind of leads you to the door, she says, Sardonyx is just waiting behind there, so be so kindly whenever you're ready. All you need to do is just enter and uh, begin our meeting shortly. I have other business I need to take care of, but should you need anything, just let me know. I won't be too far away. She kind of just bows towards you, and then she goes to a little desk that's like right near this door, which is kind of comical because it's a tiny little desk next to this gigantic door. But, you know.
1: (laughs) So who wants to open the door? Hank volunteers.
2: (laughs) Hank rolls his eyes. Rests his hand on the handle of his revolver and opens the door. <sighs> okay. So
0: as you touch the door, you feel something, Hank, just coursing through your body. Oh, boy. I'm just kidding. You open the door nothing happened.
1: <laughs> and so then Hank started blasting. <laughs>
2: so Hank started blasting. <laughs> oh, no. No, Indiscriminately so I- in all directions. <laughs>
1: Oh, at least no. six times before it starts going click 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 <laughs> oh
2: man no 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 just take opens the door so he's puts
0: inside <laughs> okay as you open the door again there seems to be a recurring theme of just like overly large furniture all kinds of stuff as you walk as you open the door hank see this very long And table with like way too many chairs set around it. And at the very tail end, at the head of the table, is Sardonyx, who is currently sitting, kind of thumbing through what seems to be a couple pages of books and adjusting her glasses. She sees the four of you at a distance. Ah. Just the people I wanted to see. Come in, come in, have a seat. Uh, I got an update on uh, one of the devas. So we'll do a little briefing and then we'll go from there. So just have a seat anywhere. Again, this table is like really long. There's like 30 chairs set around it. So have your
3: pick. Have a seat furthest away from everybody.
2: Hank's going to sit right beside Sardana's.
1: He's going to sit relatively close to the nearest bar.
0: <laughs> they got a little, nice, like, little mini-fridge with alcohol in it. <laughs> Ooh, mini-fridge in this time and age. My world, I choose what they want. It's like, it, like, Gary, you just, like, see a magical box, and then, like, as you open it, it keeps things cold. You're just like, what is this?
2: <laughs> I require this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm
2: going
0: to sit they, on the
1: other side of Sardonyx and Hank (laughs) cool
0: so as the four of you take in your seats Sardonyx kind of just closes her book Uh, alright then well I'm a woman that doesn't believe in wasting time so I shall not waste yours we got word of one of the devas running amok and it is a bit of a doozy so let us begin And she kind of closes her eyes a little bit, waves her hand around, and the lights in this meeting room begin to dim. And right above you seems to be some sort of projection. As Sardonyx continues to wave her hands about to show the movie images. So like I said, we received word of one of the devas running amok here in New Orleans. And like I said, This one's going to be a little different than what Mr. Devereux dealt with with The fact that he still beat him in the card game is a true feat in itself.
3: But we have received the word.
0: (laughs) I mean, you're one of the few mortals to ever beat him in his own game. So I have to give kudos where I can. Whether it was pure skill or dumb luck. Either way, you got the job done.
1: Knowing him is dumb luck.
0: Yep. I
3: hate you guys.
0: We love you too. I love you guys. You're so great. Right. Um. So we got Wood from one of our associate contacts, whatever you want to call them, about some peculiar activity There have been a uh, rash of very gruesome and violent murders. And our informant believes that one of the Devas is responsible for causing such havoc. And upon further analysis of everything, we believe that the Deva of Wrath is responsible for what's occurring, Murders and Miles in your head. You just hear Antiloch go. Oh great! My brother Ulysses seems to be out and about. This is gonna be fun.
3: So Ulysses,
0: I forgot, Miss Devereaux. You have Antiloch living in your head, but that is correct. The Deva of Wrath is known as Ulysses, and in fact. Mr. Devereaux, would you mind doing me a favor?
3: I guess do I have a choice in the matter? No. So what would it be?
0: You could always say no. I'll get the
3: information either way. Yeah, but I don't but like we... the last time you did that. So
2: sounds like to me, Mr. Miles, that we can do this the easy way or the hard way. The choice is yours. <laughs> <laughs> do uh, I need to get the lube? Oh no. <laughs>
0: That's the name of this episode
1: now.
3: (laughs) What is the favor you require?
0: If he would be so kindly, would you mind uh, asking Mr. Antelock to uh, grace us with his presence?
3: Oh, this is going to be rich. Oh, I'm not going to like this. But once, I think I agree. Come on, showboat. Show him your presence. (laughs) I feel like I'm guessing he's going to take over my body for this. Yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's living rent-free in your head. He's like... Mm -hmm. Well then, most certainly, Miles, this won't hurt a bit. As per agreement, I won't harm your body, at least, not intentionally time. at least. <laughs> I just need you to close your eyes
3: real quick. With a deep sigh, <sighs> he closes his eyes.
0: So in your mind, Miles. As you close your eyes, you find yourself for better or for worse. You find yourself within your own kind of... Think of it as like a replica of your little apartment but feel that it is coming from deep within your soul. So think of it as like your quote-unquote like housing for your soul. And as you look around, you just see Antiloc kind of in this very gaudy golden chair, reading a book, he turns to you. Well then, find a seat, Miles. Get comfortable,
3: I promise I won't be long. Would you You stop smoking in my head? No.
0: (laughs) Miles, your head is pretty empty for the most part. I, I, I doubt that my smoke will fill up the space and cloud your thinking fuck you <laughs> only if you call me sir <laughs> no <laughs> so Antelok gets up from his chair and he kind of as he walks past you he puts his hand on your shoulder and says I won't take my miles have a bit of a read take a little bit of alcohol just kick your feet up and it's showtime as he exits the door leaving you in your own soul and as the rest of you kind of just see miles's eyes open you see that his normal color are now this very like dark hue of red and gold glint to the eyes and you notice that his posture changes a little bit where before miles is Less of a better term, a little rough around the edges, reliable, but manners aren't necessarily his thing. So as the three of you witness this change in his eyes and you notice that his posture is sitting up more upright, in fact, he stands up from his chair, kind of holds himself in a position with one hand out, the other holding his arm, and he kind of looks at all of you and Sardonyx and says, now then. What is it that you wish to discuss with me? As Sardonic says, first and foremost, thank you for gracing us with your presence. But I need you to tell me what do you have on Ulysses? And Antiloch from Miles's body says. <laughs> you are in a world of trouble. Because Ulysses Likes to play games and prey on humanity's need for violence and vengeance. Again, all of us Davis have our tricks of sorts. But like I was telling as Antilak points to Miles' body, as I was telling Mr. Devereaux not too long ago. My three other siblings are a lot more worse than I can be. And... Since this is Ulysses we're talking about, things are already not uh, good, in a sense. Ulysses likes to find people who have been wronged, or like to perpetuate people's need to right the so-called wrongs they think the world has done to them. Now. I'm still trying to wrap my head around all the different things that have happened through the course of history but every massacre every violent thing that has happened that was ulysses hand spurring that little stoking that little fire that burns within you as he looks around with a bit of a disgust human beings for your thirst to get even, and for revenge. Mm -hmm. So if it's Ulysses that you're up against, you best be prepared and think carefully about any hang-ups you may have with other people or even within yourselves even the faintest opening will allow Ulysses to take a hold of that little hatred in your heart amplified in a way where you the same scene read isn't just mere figurative language it becomes all too real you better hope that there are no casualties after all is said and done though and Antiloch and Miles' body looks at you Chris I think that your little ghost friend knows all too well about that now doesn't he
1: So,
0: you know, Jackie. Huh? Of course. Mr. Remington, I am not a man that likes to dance around the issue. I like to get to the heart of it. And I know that he's been hanging around with you, and in fact, it seems the two of you have a history together. It seems that my brother Ulysses has attached you two together, A purpose I have yet to know. But if he's taken an interest in you, I would be worried.
1: How oh, so? What can this Ulysses? do to Jackie in order to get to me.
0: Like I said, my brother likes to stuff the flame in any little bit of anger or hang-up that someone might have against another person. He likes to take that and amplify it to a very high degree. Now, like I said, I don't know exactly what the chain's purpose is. But regardless of whether my brother wants an interest in Jax or an interest in you, both of you should be worried. Because one of you could fall could fall underneath Ulysses' spell. So I need you to think really carefully over the course of this investigation as to what possibly the hang-up or The hatred for each other that one of you or both of you might have. I need you to think carefully about everything that all the time you spent together. try to figure out exactly what happened in order for my brother to take an interest in you. And that's the other thing. My brother likes to play games with people. He likes to take the memories and manipulate them in a way that... Gets people to see what they want. Sometimes he sees, shows people exactly what needs to be shown. So just be on your guard. As Antelok turns back to Sardonyx. Now then, that is all that I'm willing to say. If you want more information out of me, good old Mr. Devil here is going to have to offer something up to me. This information doesn't come cheaply when it comes to me. But I think with that, I will take my leave. And of course, as he looks at Chris, Hank, and Gary, I too hope you come out of this unscathed. Because if you're able to take down Ulysses, things are gonna get a whole lot more interesting. And as Antilok closes his eyes again, Miles, in your soul, you see Antilok come back in and kinda just tag you out again and says, well, I have done what I needed to do. So Miles, make sure you and your friends come out of this okay. I would hate to be trapped in this body forever.
3: Well, we'll see where we go with it. At this and point, by the I don't way, really know.
0: That is true. And by the way, would it kill you to practice your posture once in a while? My god, son. Your posture is horrible.
3: I'm comfortable. You don't have to be comfortable while piloting my body.
0: Well, if I'm going to cohabitate in this body, I need to teach you a few things, but we'll talk about that later. Cohabitate my ass? This is my body. Which you agreed to house the Deva inside of it, unless we forget.
3: To be fair, I did not know that's what was going to happen in the first place.
0: You didn't didn't ask to read the details of the contract, but... (laughs)
3: Yeah, I guess I should have read the fine print.
0: No matter. I think your friends are ready for you to
3: return. So,
0: Again, if you need anything, just let me know. And like I told your friends, they want more information, it's going to cost them. So start thinking about what you're willing to trade in order for this information.
3: What I'm willing to trade, if they want the information, they better give me something to trade up.
0: see if they're willing to offer something up for your benefit but you want material things or mental things <laughs> we can discuss those finer details if case arises for it but you head on out of here and we'll talk soon as he goes back to his chair kind of flipping back open his book he's reading
3: I get off the counter. I was leaning, rubbing my temples and start heading towards the door to walk out.
0: <laughs> so once again, the three of you see. <laughs> Miles's eyes. And kind of just. Looks around a little bit. You can tell that Miles is back in control.
3: Oh, that's going to give me such a headache.
0: Sir Donix looks at you, Miles, on the fact that you are able to come back is a gift in itself.
3: Yeah, his tag team is great. Love it.
0: Oh, no matter then. Well, looks like we're up against... One angry son of a bitch. So. I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question. But I always have to say it. That is your mission. Figure out what exactly is going on. And find out who currently is housing the Deva of Wrath. Find a way to get him to come with you to bring him back. Do you accept this mission?
3: I mean... Like I said, if the money pays...
1: I accept the mission.
3: Money talks.
0: Kill. And then, Hank, I'm assuming you're good to go for this as well.
2: Uh, yes. Cool.
0: All right, so the four of you, after offering a yes to Sardonyx, she kind of just nods her head. Good. Well, now that she's accepted the mission, and she kind of snaps her fingers, image it changed it around again here is your contact for this uh case i guess the better way to put it is your contact slash handler for this so you four are going to meet one mr nate braddock mr braddock is head of the tombstone epitaph which is the local newspaper that seems to be running all over new orleans he's a fine reporter and he always somehow finds his way to the truth and always gets the scoop before any other the local rags around here get to it in fact he's the one that asked for our help to investigate what's going on
2: sorry what Yo. was the what was this person's name again
0: Uh, The name is Nate Braddock. So, B-R-A-D-D-O-C. So, Nate Braddock. And he is the CEO and owner of the Tombstone Epitaph, which is one of the bigger newspapers running in New Orleans right now. So, basically, he is this version. He's like a less dickish... Joan Jameson from Spider-Man. Oh, boy. So, yeah, so that is who your contact is. So, Sardonyx just kind of closes the projection. and says, well, with the mission debriefing now over, four of you may head out once you exit HQ. We will transport you in front of the Tombstone Epitaph, where you can uh, talk to Nate officially. Good luck, my investigators. Please come back to me one piece. I would hate to have to find another group of investigators to continue this mission. No promises. Hey, <laughs> and with that Sardonyx kind of dismisses you guys, you head out the door back to out this massive marble door and your guide leads you back to the door that you guys came into she just gives you a quiet nod good luck with your mission investigators and if you need anything HQ is always a phone call away and with that the four of you head back through the door. Once again, blinding light. And as you come out said other door, you find yourself in front of the Tombstone Epitaph. It's a lot bigger than you imagine for such a newspaper business. You expect the newspaper office to be somewhat a little bit more modest, but this thing is big. It's a two-story building. It looks to be in a warehouse of some sort. But it looks a lot taken care of. So on the front of the sign, you see in this logo, the tombstone epitaph. And the logo of the newspaper is a tombstone with some words written on it. in kind of like this very gothic black and white kind of motif going on with it. And, yeah, so that is the building that you're in front of. From the outside, you can hear what seemed to be a roaring machine kind of whirring and going on from inside the building as best as you can from the outside. And before you get a chance to kind of take in your surroundings, the front door kind of just flings open, and a very skinny man... Kind of ends up running out the door, crashing into all four of you. Now, I'll say, you know, people got. gotta watch away. Enemy officer, no, uh, DM, yes. Question, <laughs> uh, yes,
1: What's the question, um, please? being an investigator, would Chris have worked with uh, Mr. Brodock at any time?
0: So, you have worked with some of the smaller newspaper joints, but never with the big honcho of the uh, tombstone. And then going yeah. back to, you, yeah. yeah, and then going back to you, Hank, he kind of just looks at his. I know it's a formality, but uh, I don't remember asking for a police officer for an interview. Mm. Unless you're with somebody else, maybe?
2: I believe the name you're looking for is a... Serdonis.
0: Oh. Oh! As his eyes go wide. Oh, so you... Well... You're not exactly the uh, help that I was imagining, but if Sardonyx has sent you, then she must have some capable soldiers in her ranks, but uh, my apologies, Mr...
2: Skinner. Thanks, Skinner.
0: Mr. Skinner. Right. Uh, my apologies, Officer Skinner. You can never be too careful around these days, especially in my line of business. I tend to not be the uh, police forces' best friend when it comes to a lot of things, but it does make me relieved to know that uh, a police officer is going to be aiding me in my uh, inquiry. Uh,
2: if I'm um, a detective, but go mm-hmm. ahead.
0: Detective. Oh, my apologies, as he kind of from his ear takes out a little pen and in his little notebook, right, detective. Right then. Now. The rest of you fine gentlemen, what is your name and occupation, please?
1: Remington. Christopher Remington. I'm a private
0: eye. Oh, so you're one of the private eye times. Very interesting, very interesting. And you, shady-looking man over there, what's your deal? Shady? What? You know
3: what... I'm a poker player.
0: Officially or off the record? Sure. A man full of mystery. And your name would be... Miles Devereaux. I'm sorry, did you say Miles Devereaux?
3: Did I stutter?
0: No, I just wanted to make sure, especially if it's the Miles Devereaux that was at Madame Delphine's party. Now, this is quite a scoop. I don't know what you're talking about. Come on now, Mr. Devereaux. I work in the uh, newspaper business. It's my job to find all sorts of scoops. And I know you and your little friends had some sort of business with uh, the Devil's Playground, but uh, we'll talk about that a different time. As he continues to write down his paper, his notepad, and then he kind of closes it up. Well then, and of course I don't need no introduction, I know that your other associate, Mr. Goblet over here, is one of the finest bootleggers out here in New Orleans. And yes, I know that's what you do for a living, but hey, I'm not here to rat you out. And obviously, since you're a friend with Mr. Skinner here, I don't think he minds that as well. But anyways, now that I've gotten your names, of course, let me introduce myself. My name is Nate Braddock. Well, my real name is Nathan, but I call it Nate for short. It makes it easier to put the bylines in the papers. But anyways, and you would be correct. I did ask... With some help with the something that is going on. So if you would follow me into my office, I would be more than happy to give you the details and uh, fill you in on exactly what I need some help with. And so N- Nate opens the door for y'all and kind of just gestures you all to go inside. Someone needs to get this guy some tea, Cap. I heard that, Mr. Devereaux. And trust me, I don't need coffee. So the four of you enter the building. And as you walk through the office, once again, the roar of the printing press machines kind of begin to grow louder at the further you go into this building. But you also see a lot of different individuals at desks, all frantically running about. Some are kind of just typing away on the typewriters of the story. Some are on the phones, talking, interviewing people. It's very hectic inside. And as the four of you walk closer to the back, you end up in Mr. Braddock's office where Nate closes the door so you guys can have a more quiet space. He sits behind his desk. He pours each of you a drink. Uh, may I offer some refreshments to my guests?
1: It'd be rude to decline. Cool.
0: Uh I have a Uh, will that be, uh, brandy or whiskey?
1: Whiskey.
2: My man. Brandy for me.
1: Hmm.
0: Classy. I can appreciate that. And you, Mr. Devereux, what would you like to have? A glass of water. Mr. Devereaux, I am a newspaper man. I am not a man of the cloth. There is no judgment here should you want to partake in a little bit of spirits, but if that is what you want, I will more than happy to give you some water as he rolls his eyes. (laughs) Right then. Well, I'm sure that uh, Sardonyx fills you in on exactly what's going on, but... Here's where I need your help. This uh, most recent rundown of murders that have go- gone on, I did a little bit of digging, you see, and I noticed some very odd similarities between what is happening currently and some similar murders that happened about a month ago. And even more, as I dug further and further back into the similarities, I also noticed that these murders had a similar MO of murders that occurred two decades ago by what somebody or what the press had dubbed the Axeman. And even looking back further and further into this, I found similar killings all the way back in history to the beginning of the massacre in Gettysburg in the 1800s. So as the innate reporter that I am, this caught my interest, so I smell a good breaking story here, but unfortunately I'm not willing to risk my own reporters to investigate and to find out exactly what's going on This, why I asked sardonyx will help so here's what I need I want you to investigate said murders or at least these more recent ones figure out what's going on and I'm requesting that you not only solve this case but you help me get the biggest scoop of my career in doing so If you all be so kindly, I would appreciate your help in putting an end to these murders as well as uh, helping break a big news story. And of course, as a reward, should you wish, I would be more than happy to uh, give you credit for the help in this investigation if you would like.
3: reward are you willing to give?
0: Well, of course. Should you help me in my endeavor, not only if you wish to get credit into the news story, I'll be more than happy to. But on top of that, any future things that you need help with, by doing me this favor, I would owe you and the rest of y'all a favor. So... Should you need any information, or should you need any publicity to be handled, I'm your man. Now that is something to
3: keep in mind.
2: Mr. Braddock.
0: Yes, Mr. Skinner? How can I be of assistance?
2: Someone in your field of work probably has access to a wealth of information.
0: Hmm. I wouldn't say a wealth of information, but let's just say I have my connections, and my sources tend to lead me to some of the biggest scoops of my career. What were you looking into? I'll
2: just running an idea by you so we help you with this issue would me and my associate here mr remington be able to pull on some of those ties of yours for information later
0: Hmm. you have me quite interested detective i do say kind of things would you looking to investigate
2: No, it's just we do you a favor now, we call in a favor later.
0: (laughs) I'll be more than happy to agree to that deal if you give me a one-on-one
2: interview into
0: whatever it is that you're investigating when all is said and done.
2: Whatever we are done with our investigation, and it is complete,
0: sure. (laughs) And of course, I will... Once all is said and done, I will agree to that, and I will make sure that this new story sings your praises of how New Orleans' finest detective and his compatriots were big heroes to the city. Because, trust me, detective, I know people say that any publicity is good publicity, but I am a man that believes that... If you befriend the newspapers, they can be a good asset. You piss them off. Your career is over before it even begins.
2: Well, I agree with that sentiment.
0: But you have my word. I will not screw you over, nor will I tarnish your reputation unless you do anything to put myself or my reporters in harm's way. But other than that, you have my full support. Take said. <laughs> now then, I believe everybody is okay with uh, accepting said uh, request. So, with that being said, let me share with you what I've been able to gather so far when it comes to this. So. Uh, I do have to give a bit of a warning. The details I'm about to give are a little gruesome, so if you are of the persuasion that you do not like violence and gore, I would ask that you uh, turn away and plug your ears and pretend that none of this that is about to come out of my mouth is doing so. But the latest murder in this uh, rash, this string, if you will, happened in Treme. And the most recent victim, a young female, unfortunately had their head, hands, and feet completely removed. Like, gone. Disconnected from the body. And when the police found the body, all that was left was the torso. No head, no feet, no hands. No way to identify. Nope. And what's even more peculiar is as I dug into this most recent rash of murders, like I said before, there was very similar MO a couple years ago, and even throughout history, dating back to the early 1800s, the same MO existed. There was the rash of murders, then they would <clears throat> stop. Years later, it would happen again, stop again stop now it seems to be happening again
2: now during these dismemberments was there was it the same telltale signs of cutting instrument used were they was it clean defined cuts almost surgical or were they more hack and slash or chopped if you will
3: Well,
0: unfortunately, that is something I wish to know, too. But, of course, the New Orleans finest tend to be tight-lipped on these kinds of things. So, unfortunately, they wouldn't allow me to get any information about the body or the victim. But, I may not be able to get into their files, but... I know somebody who can, as he looks directly at you, Hank. You, my friend, have access to all that kind of stuff. So oh, That's so that would...
2: I can do to go look at the coroner reports. Mm-hmm.
0: And honestly, luck have it that you do work for the police force because you're about to make this a lot more easier for me. Now, to answer your question, I don't know all the particulars of this Ration motors, but what I was able to find based on uh, previous iterations of these motors, it's also weird. Granted that some of them would be very rough around the edges, some more clean than the others, but I can say that it's always the same body parts that have been missing the head, the hands and
2: the feet the victims of varying sex uh, male female preference age preference anything like that or does it seem sporadic
0: it seems very sporadic male female old young all different races creeds whatever you can possibly think of
2: there's gotta be some kind of way that he's selecting his targets
0: maybe there is one common thread that and now this is just a theory based on my intuition but these are so violent in nature it seems that whoever's doing this has some sort of grudge they have a very t- bad temper on them and they're violently taking it out on these random people one could say that they're very wrathful in their approach of things. These
1: Those. victims, um, are they of the same social class, or again, is it just sporadic?
0: Again, they seem sporadic. And again, I'm just a newspaper reporter, so I have my theories, but I don't have the investigative prowess that the police force does.
2: Um, Mr. Remington, the the victimology doesn't seem to really exist. What we're looking for is more of building a profile of our serial killer. It would have to be someone with either... The intellectual knowledge of how to how to efficiently cut up and dismember in order to get away from the scene quickly or someone of greater upper body strength in order to chop off the limbs in quick succession
1: also wouldn't hurt to know if uh, these dismemberments are made post-mortem or not
0: these are all things that i had considered but of course i don't have a lot of access to get that information but that is why i've requested sardonyx for help to see if she can lend me some aid in to bringing this killer to justice and i'm not gonna lie it's gonna be a big news story for my career that's going to boost me but more importantly is despite my demeanor oh. and my questionable motives i do care about my city and I do want things to be done proper. I might be a little slimy when it comes to my approach and in interviews and how I write things, but I became a reporter because I believe the truth is an important thing that needs to happen. In these current times, the truth is more important than ever. So if You can help me bring light to the situation, help me bring the truth forward. I think you would do great service to this city and help me keep it safe.
2: What was what was the uh, scene of the latest victim?
0: Like I mentioned, the latest victim was killed off in uh, Treme, and it was young, head, hands, feet are missing. Though there was something interesting. This was, the body was found in front of an alleyway, but it seems so weird that they would do it in broad daylight. Hmm. Hang on, I might be able to, let me check something real quick. As he kind of pulls up in his file cabinet and let it go here. Ah, here it is. Kind of puts a file on the desk. I have noticed that a lot of, not just these recent murders, but the pattern of these murders always seems to be anywhere there's an alleyway, a dark corner, a very secluded place. But they all seem to be really sporadic, whether it's a populated area, whether it's deserted. It's very interesting of where these take place. There's one other thing, too. Based on the information that I've gathered so far, a lot of these discoveries don't happen to the wee hours of the morning, so I can only assume that these quote-unquote murders are happening sometime in late night. In
2: the alleys in the wee hours of the morning, and bodies aren't discovered till the next day so the victims probably don't have a chance to scream so I'm thinking an ambush style attack from behind to either subdue or knock out the victim before dismemberment that's my running theory without looking at the coroner's report or the bodies that's gonna be actually after we leave here, Mr. Remington, would you accompany me to the coroner's office so we can investigate that? And Mr. Gary and Debro
3: Yes, sir. I might have an
2: idea here. Um, stop me when it sounds. Stop me when it sounds like it's uh, not really of your taste. Do you think you could, um, check out the local riff-raff, speakeasies, and nightclubs in the area?
3: Speaking more my flavor, go ahead.
2: Okay. Uh, see if, um, see if anybody had any kind of connections to the latest victim. Do we, we do have a name for the latest victim, don't we?
0: So, Ms. so, Nate kind of goes and says, uh, unfortunately, I don't have the information, but I'm pretty sure the coroner's office may have I'd been able to identify, or at least try to, at least, the fact that uh-huh. the victims have their dead hands and feet. But, like I said, the police are very tight-lipped about this, and they don't want to share any
1: information with me.
0: But... I think they'll be more willing to talk to you, but you're going to need to go to them in order to get that information.
2: That's true. And approximately how long ago did you say was the last victim?
0: So my timeline has showed that this happened less than 24 hours ago, This mm-hmm. is the third in a string of murders within the last couple of days.
3: I think right. I know how to approach the conversation at, at the sketchy areas of town, shall I say. I think
2: we're definitely looking for someone local, because it's hard to imagine tourists wandering around in back alleys around through here to try to find anything of consequence. Probably a local look of uh, taking a routine shortcut. So what we're looking for is someone that is not showing up for work today or is being missed by family members or something like or something <coughs> of the like. We probably won't have a missing persons report until at least 48 hours after the discovery of the latest victim.
3: I think I know how to bring this up I will on that note stop pushing out my way I think I know who I need to start pushing against well then it
0: seems that you already have a plan (laughs) say I'm quite impressed with the help that sardonyx got but I'll let you go ahead and go ahead and work on whatever it is you do If you ever need any information, or if you need to look something up, you have access to the Epitaph's archives, and you have access to my help as well. Should you need need to look up any information about anything, even if I haven't written about it, my top-notch reporters, somebody would have. But yes. I appreciate your help. You have my gratitude. Now then, let's get the biggest scoop of our lives on the way. And with that, we're going to end the episode there tonight. So for those of you who have tuned in this long, thank you so much for listening. When we come back next episode, our intrepid investigators are going to divide and conquer to glean more information about what is going on what information will they find what kinds of things will they learn will they be able to get said information unscathed well you're gonna have to tune in next episode to find all that out till next time as always remember everyone love each other take care of one another and as always let the good times roll till next time see you later